Daniel Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A day where we saw some lower numbers. Of course, we had a shortened trade week with Monday being a holiday, but there's been a bit of struggle back and forth in the trade. It was nice, though, from a livestock perspective to see some green on the screen for them wrapping up a Friday. But having said that, we're going to talk about the unwinds that we see in the lawn with the corn versus soybeans. What's happening on these charts? What do we need to be doing for 2023? And, of course, what is happening when we look at sales going into the summer? Lots of variety of things that we're going to talk about today. Brian Split joins us. He is with agmarket.net. And I think starting out on these lawns, the corn versus soybeans and the unwinds we've seen, kind of a unique place to start on, on today's program. So what are your thoughts? as you look back at what these two markets are doing. Yeah, Susan, um, it, it's been very evident, and there's been a, a couple sessions that stand out. Um, when you look at uh, Thursday, June 2nd being one of those sessions, and um, Thursday, May 26th being the other session, uh, these are times where we've had July soybeans up 40 to 50 cents, and July corn has been lower on those days. And that is just not a typical session, um, especially this time of year when you typically would see the markets going up and down together on any given day based on perceptions of weather. Um, and so after that March planting intention and quarterly stock report, a lot of the New York money, these big hedge funds, started buying two contracts of corn and uh, we're long that versus one short soybean. And uh, based on the acreage numbers that we got, that trade made all the sense in the world. Um, and so after the May report, the May WASDI report, um, the relationship started to bottom and then started to come off those lows. And so we've seen some really aggressive unwinding of that spread. And we're talking, you know, thousands of contracts at a crack. Uh, where they would be exiting short soybeans and uh, exiting long, too long corn versus that. So um, I think that's been part of the weakness in, in corn this week. Uh, I think that's been a good a bulk of the reason why soybeans have been able to maintain as much as they have relative to the breakdown in corn and wheat. Uh, and I think that that would suggest to me that the soybeans, um, as we wrap up the week, are artificially elevated in price compared to, to where corn is right now. Well, you look at that artificial, and obviously what goes down has got to come up and vice versa. What can we look for coming into next week as we hit the, the first full trading week in the month of June? Well, so um, when, when you look at soybeans, and here we finished the week, uh, only about 30 cents off of the contract high. So it's, it's, uh, we're still remarkably close to that level. Um, there is still planting going on, and I think the – um, the market knows that the, um, the the crop that's being planted will likely not be planted to corn at this stage. Uh, so I think that's part of this bean market as well, is if something's going to be elevated to try and get something in the ground right now, um, new crop soybeans are, are trying to get that done. Uh, if there's producers that are trying to get seed in at this stage of the game, and they may continue to do that in some areas up north in North Dakota. I talked to a producer there that said he probably plants soybeans until about June 20th, you know, given the ability to. He, they'll get some more rain this weekend, but uh, he'll just continue to, to get it in as he can. And I think the market's trying to stay at an elevated point to, to continue to incentivize that. Now, the problem in the long run is that if we get – the amount of acres that the USDA suggested that, that we would based on their survey back uh, in March, 
Um, and we get a trend line yield, and obviously it's too early to tell what the crop is going to be uh, for a yield, but our, our balance sheet changes to where we're, we're not quite as snug as, as what we are right now. Um, and so that could be a big shift um, as we look forward. So I think next week, if the weather, um, you know, is seen as still benign, then uh, I would expect that the soybean market is going to come under pressure from these levels. Now, looking at corn, we spent the whole month of May uh, maintaining a premium to $7 on the new crop corn. And uh, as we started the month of June, coming out of Memorial Day weekend, we very quickly broke through those May lows. Um, we went to the next support, which would be just above 680 and then tried to bounce. Um, so I think it's very important for corn to try to reestablish some positioning above about 704, 705 in order to feel like maybe we put in a little bit of a short-term low and we're going to try and bounce a bit. Um, and so I think the thing to watch next week, um, we're going to get long-range weather models are going to get updated over the weekend. And, for example, um, Eric Snodgrass from Nutrien is going to be on our Monday webinar that we do every week, and he's going to be rehashing what he thinks is his his summer outlook based on the update uh, of these weather models. So I, I think that's going to be extremely important to overall market sentiment as we get into early next week. What about some wheat influence on the corn and the beans, considering the, the struggles they've had this whole growing season? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, um, you know, the crop – we know we had a rough year for, for wheat, uh, hard red specifically, um, and, and then getting spring wheat planted. But, you know, the, the prices don't just keep going up forever because the crop's not good, right? So you think about 2012, for example, when we had the drought. Horrible drought. You had, you know, corn came in at, in the 120-plus bushel per acre range. Um, but once we figured it out, I mean, and then the market went up, and, and then it did come off of those highs substantially. And, and so we're seeing the same effect where we had a lot of things kind of culminate all at once with the uh, reduction in, in crop uh, domestically, with the, uh, the inability to get a lot of the spring wheat planted. Uh, and then, of course, what happened with Russia and Ukraine with the invasion. Uh, are we or aren't we going to be able to get uh, product out of, out of Ukraine, out of the Black Sea region? Um, so most recently... Uh, we, we've got what looks to me like a double top on the soft red wheat on a daily time frame. So we made some highs back in March. We made some highs um, recently, and those highs are within a few cents of each other. So Stick around, folks. We've got more coming up here on the second half. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Radio Network. Consistent performance is one of the key strengths of Fontenelle hybrids. Here's Fontenelle dealer Norm Brueger from Albion talking about that aspect. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure. Fontenelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolled right through all of those weather conditions and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it, it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. For more, go to Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing, stewardship practices, and pesticide RVM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Brian Split. Brian, of course, with agmarket.net. And left off kind of talking about some interesting factors that have been really weighing in on this grain complex. But what about the charts, Brian? What are you seeing or what's been done as you look at the charts for corn? Uh, so on corn, um, I think it's important to note that uh, we started the month of June by taking out the lows that we're holding uh, all during the month of May. 
so I, I think that shows a little bit of a shift in the sentiment. Uh, we uh, continued aggressively to hold seven dollars over and over. Um, we, you know, we had a, a break in, in late May. Uh, then we had a break in, or I should say, late April. Then a, a break in early May, uh, and then a, a break in late May. And, and the market continued to hold that seven dollar level. So. Uh, coming out, out of Memorial Day weekend, we rather aggressively plowed through that and went to the next chart support level, which is 680. So on the other side of 680, uh, you know, it looks like you're probably going to take a look at 660 and then 640. So it looks like you're going to, you know, potentially bite off six, uh, 20 cent chunks in this market. Um, and, and again, we need to get back over about 705 or so in order to reestablish ourselves back above those lows from last month. Um, now, when you look at the the uh, soybean market, um, we had a, a very very big reversal um, earlier in the week, and actually to start the week, uh, and and what most would define as a key reversal, where we made a new contract high, and then completely rejected that new contract high by closing sharply lower on the day and below the previous day's lows, and so uh, even though we bounced um, for a couple days after that key reversal, we haven't taken out that high. And if anything, we just kind of went back up and rechecked some resistance before having a down day today. So uh, I still think that that reversal is an operative uh, force on the on the soybean market. Um, again, we talked in the, in the first segment about how there's probably been some artificial buying in soybeans because of an unwind of the, the, the bean versus corn uh, position. And so uh, I think when that unwind is done, we're going to find that uh, if, if the trade feels that weather uh, is is okay and, and not threatening uh, that the soybean market's going to look elevated compared to everything else. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we discussed the double tops in, in wheat right now on both a, a daily and a monthly time frame, depending on which contract we're, we're focused on. And, uh, you know, until those highs are, are taken out, um, it looks like we, we may have potentially made some very major highs in the, in the wheat charts. Is there some thoughts when it comes to the sales opportunities, some things that our, our producers need to be thinking about for the summer months? Well, so I will just start by saying that because the new crop corn um, got through those May lows, uh, we did make a recommendation to change our percent sold slash hedged on 2022 corn production to 50%. Um, and that means something different for every producer. You know, maybe for one producer, that means they went and sold some more cash bushels. Maybe for another producer, they went and sold some cash bushels, but bought a call um, to have in the account in case the weather pattern changes in the next, um, you know, 60 days. Maybe for another producer, that just meant that, hey, let's go ahead and buy a put. Maybe a different producer said, well, let's sell a call to buy that put. And that's my job to, to figure out what the right strategy is for each individual uh, based on their risk profile. But from a percentage standpoint, we increased our coverage. Um, now, number two, something that we uh, actually really started looking at today is how to proactively manage your spring revenue guarantee for next year's crop. So we've seen fertilizer values come down by 30% very quickly. Um, and we still have these corn for 2023 around that six and a quarter, 630 area, which is still a very good price, you know, about 50 cents off of the contract high at this stage. And so um, when you think about the spring guarantee level that we had uh, this year at 590, 
we can help at least protect that level or six bucks. Um, and again, this is one of those conversations that you need to have with the individual to figure out what is, is best for them. Uh, but the, the spring guarantees are made during the month of February, and there is an option series that we can use to help protect that. Um, so without going too further in the actual strategy, if anybody has questions, if you're listening about what we're doing and how we're, we're accomplishing that, uh, get in touch with us and we'll help you figure that out. Lots of things that we, we've been looking at. Real quick here, how much of a tight hold is Ukraine and Russia talks about possible grain movement going to have on our markets here in the States? Well, so if we do see product start to leave the country um, more earnestly, um, it's going to take a little while for that to happen, but that may also happen at a time, let's say months down the road, where we are, are harvesting our own crop. And what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, so our general line here at agmarket.net is 844-4-AG-MARKET. So 844-424-6758. Um, you can reach me directly at 815-665-0463. And that's today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio.